one. Welcome to another episode of the Ryan Show. I am, of course, Ryan. I am will be joined by I am joined today by Quick Pitch Quick Pitches Thirty Two. My friend Camille from uh, South Miro will be joining momentarily on the podcast. And Tyler, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Happy so, to be here. so I, you know, the reason why I decided to do this one. It's kind of rare for an LSU fan to talk Tulane sports because the, the general consensus is LSU and Tulane are big rivals. But people under the age of maybe 50 or people that are not eligible to use Viagra <laughs> don't even know about how big of a rivalry LSU and Tulane is. Um, and it just seems like recently... Uh, there was an article, a, a letter from the president of the university regarding academic requirements for student athletes. And I really want you to talk about that. I know Camille, she's going to be joining momentarily. She'll be having her thoughts. She'll have her thoughts as well. I really want you to discuss what did that entail? What, what, what was it? What was it, the, uh, the purpose of that? Um. I don't even think it was intended to affect the uh, athletics as much as just academics and, you know, national rankings. There, there was some pushback from some former players like Matt Forte. He w- went on Twitter and uh, I guess went at President Mike Fitz and Sean King as well. I think they have – it's been rumored that this won't even affect uh, – athletes after some of the pushback they got we don't even really know what the new standards were going to be so it's going to be hard to say what happens or what happened but uh, I don't I don't know I'm not I'm not sure what the thinking was with changing the standards to begin with right I mean because I think you know I, 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 when I've read, when I looked at the letter, I just glossed over it. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, so what do you want to be if, if you're Tulane? I mean, because let's think, let's look at, let's look at it. Let's look at, we're going to talk, you know, I'm going to talk about baseball, basketball, and football, but we're just going to talk about just in the big three sports. And we're not talking about like P5 schools like Vanderbilt and Stanford and Duke. We don't, you know, those aren't Tulane's peers. The peers for Tulane are SMU, Rice, because before pro sports came to Dallas and, and Houston, those were the that was the big deal for sports in those cities. Same way with Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech uh, was the big deal for Atlanta for years, and then pro sports came there, and that changed everything and uh joining us momentarily in a second now is going to be Camille so I'll get her thoughts on this but what I'm saying in all of this and what I'm saying in all this is that SMU has has played has been in the NCAA tournament in basketball they play for a conference championship in, in football Rice has played has won a conference title in football and they played and they won a college world series Basketball is something that you don't write home about with with uh with Rice, but the thing is, those administrations care about. They understand that athletics is the the front 
door of the university. And I don't know if Tulane understands that. And uh, I don't think the administration understands that. It certainly doesn't appear that they do. I, I mean, it's a little bit better than it was with Scott Cowan, uh, but not enough, not good enough. Uh, Camille, do you have any uh, thoughts on this, uh, on the uh, thoughts on uh, President Fitz and his decision to change the uh, academic requirements for athletics? So I did have opinions on this, although, however, I want to say that I've read in the last few days that he has rescinded those requirements. <laughs> um, okay. There's enough people, I guess, made a stink about it, which... You know, I agree. I think I realize that Tulane is a university first. It is not, you know, this is not a, a sports club or, you know, kids do need to go to school. Kids do need to get an education. Tulane does has, has you know, a standard to uphold, but um, I thought things were fine the way they were. I don't know why they thought they needed to change anything to begin with. I was very surprised, um, but very also pleased to see so many alumni, notable alumni speaking out about it. Um, but yes, I have seen definitely in the last week that those changes that President Fitz proposed has, got, has come down and um, whether or not they're working on something else, I don't know. But as far as what they you know, had wanted to do or were planning to do is no more. I think back to this whole thing and, you know, you guys know I, I'm the, uh, a DJ at WTUL. Why is Tulane always, it just always seemed like there was this pushback against athletics. Uh, I remember telling you, Camille, when I'm old enough to remember when Tulane was good in basketball. And when I was growing up, I remember watching games uh, on Tulane games on ESPN, like packed houses at Fogelman Arena. And the ironic thing is, Aaron Fogelman is from Memphis. His name is on the business school at the University of Memphis. I'm from Memphis, and I somehow work at two, at, at, do radio at Tulane. So it's the Memphis to New Orleans connection. But what Perry Clark did at that school was miraculous. Because, mm -hmm. and, 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 and Tulane did not build on that. Like a smart university decides to build on that, uh, on, on something that Tulane, that they did. They went to the NCAA tournament four straight times. They haven't been back since. And granted, Tulane, you sh kids should get their education. Education is very important. But I remember going to Memphis games as a kid, even in college, and you see how the Memphis students would celebrate, you know, storming the court after a big win or storming the field after a win over Ole Miss. Tulane kids don't have some of those memories. I mean, the only memory you have is what, three straight bowl wins, but Tulane hasn't won a conference title in football since 1998. They haven't, you know, they haven't, you know, there's just so much stuff here. And it's like, does this administer, does the, do the people in power at Tulane, do they hate athletics or how does this go and how did we get here? Oh, and that question is, is for both of you guys. Sure. Um, I think with when Scott Cowan was in, was in charge, I think it was definitely 
more animosity towards athletics. And now I think it's just kind of, it's more neutral. That's obviously that's not good enough in my opinion, but I don't, I don't know if they hate athletics now, but in the past, yeah, I would say it was at least bordering on that. I know in the past it's come up that, um, you know, Tulane doesn't necessarily have very athletics friendly majors, if you will, you know, not the, what is it they call, you know, no rocks for jocks um, majors for these kids, you know, so it was hard to attract, you know, players, you know, recruiting, uh, you know, for recruiting purposes, um, you know, because the trade-off is, yeah, you know, you get a two-lane degree, which is great, but also, you know, how hard is it, you know, to, how hard is it going to be to maintain, you know, studying more? Because I've seen plenty of kids, you know, basketball, my family's had, you um, several season, you know, sports season tickets for years. And, you know, I've gone to basketball games with my dad, you know, for the last 10 or so years, every year. And there were good kids that came and that came through, but maybe only lasted one or two seasons. And whether it's their priorities changed or Tulane just wasn't a good fit. Um, I definitely think that's part of it, you know, friendly, you know, academics that are competitive, but it's not, you know, it's not going to be the same thing you find at, you know, say LSU or, you know, another state school, you know, in the South. It's, it's definitely more challenging. I, I think to the, to the point that Vanderbilt doesn't have like easy majors. Vanderbilt doesn't have easy majors, but Vanderbilt's been competitive in basketball, baseball, and football. Um, Rice has won a championship in baseball. I mean, you look at all these schools and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, and this is where I throw into the the race thing. This is where I throw into the race thing. And this is going back to my time at WTL and it's nothing against WTL. It's nothing against WTL or any of these things. But one of the things I always told, I told um, one of my friends, I said to most people in this city, Tulane is this big white ivory tower and a lot of people, a lot of African-Americans who want, who have the grades, who want to play sports, they don't necessarily choose Tulane. They choose LSU or they choose um, Alabama or Arkansas. And, And I always believe that what, as I say, goes back to what I said about Perry Clark, Perry Clark, what he did was a miracle, but he also got out. Mac Brown, people remember, people of our generation, we know him as the Texas coach. He started, he got his first coaching job at, 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 at Tulane, and he was also athletic director. And one of the, according to legend, according to legend, um, Daryl Royal, who was the Texas coach, told Mac Brown, if you want to make it in this business, in college football, get the entire fuck out of Tulane, go to a school like the, with, with the in it. And the story goes that he took his advice and said, and went to the University of North Carolina, he ended up going to the University of Texas, and so forth, and the rest is history. All these, you know, uh, Tyler, I know you brought up on your, um, brought up on Twitter, and I said it also, 
all the athletic directors that Tulane has had, Kevin, Kevin White, Chet Gladchuk, uh, Sandy Barber, uh, Sandy Barber mm-hmm. or some, yeah, they Sandy all Barber. went, they all went to do bigger and better things after leaving Tulane. Tommy Bowden cashed in on that undefeated season and went to Clemson. And my point in all of this is that if you want to have success as a coach, Tulane is not the place for you to have that long-standing success, which unless with, with Rick Jones, it's different because baseball is different. But with basketball and football, if you stay longer than what you uh, like, longer than five or six years, you're not going to have that kind of long-term success at Tulane. And it's mainly, you know, I don't know why, but but it's just like all the people that I just mentioned, they all left and went on to do bigger and better things. A part of me thinks we're not demanding enough. Um, you know, maybe as fans, we're not demanding enough. Um, you know, or we have in the past and we got stuck with someone like Bob Toledo. Don't, anyway. <laughs> but, um, but I think that, you know, we're, we were so excited for Willie Fritz to come in and he did bring us to, you know, three straight seasons of finishing six and six and, you know, three straight bowl games. And, you know, that was great. We hadn't seen this in years and we kind of, I feel like settled, um, you know, we've settled for that. And then this season was just such a shock. Um, you know, that Oklahoma game was a great promise that we held our own against a nationally ranked team but it all just went downhill from there. And so now I feel like we're more frustrated, um, you know, than when the season started, like what, like, what do we do from here? Um, you know, I like Willie Fritz. I, you know, think he's done great things for us, but um, maybe it was changes on his staff this year. I definitely think Will Hall was definitely missed um, all season. Although I'm glad he finally got the recognition he deserved to be a head coach um, I definitely think that it's just where they just don't care. Like maybe, you know, those in the pa- that are in control and in the power just don't care as much. They, they saw, we were happy and complicit with three seasons of six and six and said, okay, this is okay for right now. And, and I think that's where the problem is. The problem right there is complacency because as I said, Rice has played, has won a conference championship in football. SMU has done that, has played for conference titles in football. They were ranked mm-hmm. in the top 25 this year. Tulsa has been really good in football. They've won conference titles. They played for a, a conference championship. So being content with six and six seasons, if you're building a program, um, that's good. But you should want to get to the next step, maybe a nine, a, a eight or nine win season here. Um, Absolutely, that should be the standard Absolutely. for Tulane, and that should be the standard for fans. It's like you can't just be happy with six and six. I mean, L- I mean, in my, I mean, we're go- we're LSU is six and six. I mean, we won on a miracle touchdown against those crybabies from College Station. Um, but that's not something we're happy with as an LSU fan. We want, we are used to competing for championships. 
when I was a kid, Tulane, I mean, not Tulane, LSU going to the Weed Whacker Bowl, that was a big deal. You get what I'm saying? That was a big deal because we were so bad and we were so bad because of fucking Curly Hallman. But now going to a, going to the Independence Bowl is good. You get those extra bowl practices, but that's not something we aspire to be. Tulane should not be that way. Tulane should aspire. Your expectations should be, should be higher. And I think the administration needs to understand that, that everyone around them, SMU has played for conference championships. Rice has done it. Tulsa has done it. Tulane can do it. And I'm sorry, a cold West division title is not it. Yeah, no, I think that was, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you uh, first. You, all right. Yeah, I think there was uh, expectations that the standards would be raised with uh, the new athletic director, Troy Dannon. And I mean, he's he's raised the floor. We're not as bad as we used to be, but it seems like, yeah, he's seems happy with the seven-win season. I think he said he would give Willie Fritz a lifetime contract. I might have been a little bit of a joke, but I don't think that's the standard we should hold. And basketball, that's a whole other story. I, I don't know if they'll ever be good in basketball. Like, not even where the football team is has been the past three years. I don't even know. Even me personally, I wish Ron Hunter didn't take the job. I hate to say it. I wish he didn't take that job because you're basically going to a coaching graveyard. And he's a good man. He he means well, but I wish he didn't take that job. I really wish he didn't because I had a conversation with Graffinini, uh, Graff. I, I told him, I said, a lot of people would have built on what Perry Clark did. They should have been playing in the New Orleans arena when they when it was built and maybe have a few games in Fogelman Arena, but they didn't do it that way. Um, they didn't do it that way. They met, they made so many bad missteps. I mean, you Perry Clark leaves for Miami, bring in guys like Ed Conroy. Mike Dunleavy was a head scratcher. I remember meeting Mike Dunleavy um, when he, on Royal Street, and I'm just like, okay, I only know you as the coach of the Lakers and the Blazers and the Clippers, and you coach the Bucks. Why are you doing this? You know, I'm just thinking to myself, like, why is Mike Dunleavy doing this? And this was like 2016, and I'm like, he's not going to last here. You know, you, you got to make smart hires. And I just think in terms of, of basketball, I just don't think – I don't know how you can fix basketball at Tulane. I, I really don't. Me either. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the women have lucked out and have had Lisa Stockton as their coach for, what, 20 years now? Um, yeah, it's about they, 20 years. And they're doing fantastic this season. Um, you know, so it, it's, I think about, I have a signed jersey that I got from, a, you know, years ago for my birthday that, it's Lisa, signed by Lisa Stockton and Dave Dickerson that like, think about how many people have come and gone, you know, men's coaches have come and gone since then. Um, but Lisa's still there. 
you know, she's had off, they've had off seasons, but for the most part, they've done, you know, women have done very well. I mean, they've been to 15 postseason. They've been in the postseason 15 times. Uh, they made it. They haven't been out of the sweets. They haven't gotten to the sweet 16. But I remember when Memphis was in Conference USA, um, Memphis, uh, Tulane was really good. Like They had like that stretch where they went to like seven or eight straight post mm-hmm. uh, NCAA tournaments and they won the regular, they won um, the regular season title and stuff. But it's like, why is it that Lisa Stockton has been able to have success and the men's has not been able to have that success? Why do you all think that? It's a great question. Uh, I don't know. They, I, I thought Ron Hunter was a good hire. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't really look like it's going well right now, but they, they've tried everything. Uh, proven head coach like Ron Hunter, top assistant like Dave Dickerson, former NBA coach Dunleavy. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the fix is. I'm not sure why Lisa Stockton's been able to outperform the men uh, so much. It's a good question. I don't, I don't know. I mean, because it's just, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, maybe because they've been able to get the kind of kids that can make the grades and be success, make the grades at Tulane or what? I don't even know what that is. What, I mean, that's my theory. I mean, the hope, so I know, you know, there's only a limited number of scholarships that go around to athletes and most of them do go to sports, you know, like football and that was the other thing um, that came up when President Fitz wanted to change the um, admission standards was, you know, you have great kids that, you know, want to go here, but they already can't, you know, as baseball players in particular, they can't afford it. You know, there's only, I think, you know, out of the whole team, they get maybe like five scholarships, you know, to offer baseball players. And um, so it's already spread so thin, but the only thing I can think and hope is um, the Louisiana promise that they've offered, where if you have the grades to at least get in, you know, they work with you on your tuition and your family makes less than $100,000. So maybe, you know, that can be something five years from now we can look back on to see if it was a success, you know, attracting local play, you know, local kids to go play, especially basketball, baseball, football, whatever. Um, but as far as just rebuilding the basketball program, I'm with Tyler. I have, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not too sure where to even begin. Um, feels like, you know, the, you know, was it the gambling scandal from the 1980s is kind of, you know, we've just gone kind of downhill ever since then. I did a paper, I did, I did a presentation about that. And I think that right there, um, probably decimated the program a lot more but even though I I think I I think it decimated the program a lot more than what people thought it did I mean it basically killed the Metro Conference because I think if if the gambling scandal did not happen um Tulane and the Metro Conference would have been a lot like what the American is today And I think the thing is, and I think a lot of things like a new arena would have happened for Tulane for basketball. They would have gotten the on-campus stadium. They would have got, all those things would have happened. But that 
scandal and what I did my research, I think that scandal hurt them a lot more than what people thought it did. And it also, I think, fucked up their ability to get kids from the state of Louisiana because it kind of fucked up their recruiting methods. Like they're recruiting, like we're not gonna recruit just kids in Louisiana. I think when you're just recruiting kids that are not from this part of the country, you're recruiting the Northeast kids, then those kids who want to go to Tulane, they don't wanna go there because they're like, oh shit, I'm being overlooked. And I think that's the biggest, I think that's also a big problem because when you look at Laola University, yes, Laola is NAIA, but Laola does try to get, attract kids from the city. I don't think Tulane does that academically or athletically. Hopefully that's something that, you know, I mean, again, everything's always, hopefully they realize this, you know, by the backlash from trying to change you know, the admission standards that, you know, there are kids who do want to go, kids like me that wanted to go, but, you know, it's just way too expensive, you know, but we have a lot to offer. Um, not super hopeful, but, you know, anything can happen. Taylor, uh, your thought, uh, not Taylor, but uh, Tyler, your thoughts. Um, as for basketball recruiting Louisiana, and just ac academically, yeah, I don't – academically, yeah, I don't think they're trying to attract local kids. Uh, athletically, basketball, it's not, it's not a especially rich basketball talent in the area, and the ones who are really good aren't, aren't too interested in coming to Tulane for a number of reasons. Uh, which I understand, which is which, which is why I totally I totally understand because I mean you want to go somewhere where you know you can win. You know you're gonna have winning, you know winning, uh, winning program. You know you want to go to a winning program. You want to be able to play in the NCAA tournament and things like that. Right. So I totally understand that. Do you think? that Willie Fritz will make any coaching, uh, will make any uh, changes to his staff this year after in the off season, I mean. Mm, I don't, I don't think he's going to get rid of either the defensive or offensive coordinator. It could be some position coaching changes, but I, I don't know. After one year, I don't think he's going to make a move on Chip Long or Chris Hampton. What how you how you see this playing out, uh, Camille? I'm kind of with Tyler on this. I think you know, yeah, they did have this one season together, and it was you know this you know very um, weird and unfortunate circumstances surrounding the season. Um, so I do think he's going to keep things as they are for the most part for right now. Um, although maybe you know look at you know, look at a new starting quarterback for next year. Um, Michael Pratt, you know, was our savior last season, you know, the 2020 season just kind of exploded, you know, out of nowhere at the Southern Miss, for the Southern Miss game. And, you know, we thought that was 
answer to our prayers, but this season, it just feels like he's kind of been, you know, a little lackluster and, um, you know, I know they had other injuries that, you know, backup quarterbacks, but, um, you know, might be worth taking a look at someone like Kai Orton, you know, to start instead. Um, so I could see, um, you know, maybe changing starting, you know, starting quarterback for next year, maybe not staff, but definitely should look at quarterback for at that position for next year. Well, guys, thank you so much for dropping by the podcast, folks. The podcast will be available on Friday. As always, thank you for your time this time. And until next time, we will see you down the road. Thanks, Ryan. This